Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. Hey y'all, this is the Funky Farm Girl, Jenny Veliki, and you're listening to episode 24, Preparing the Garden for Winter. Hope you guys are having a great week. It is Wednesday again, and it's time for another update on the homestead. This week we are preparing for vacation. Uh, We are planning a family trip to the beach where we are renting a house with a lot of extended family members and we've been looking forward to this all year long with COVID-19 this is the only um, trip we'll be able to take this year and so it has really been the highlight of our year waiting for this trip to come next week we will talk about how to have a vacation when you live on a homestead so be sure to tune into that next week but for now, let's get into this week's episode, episode 24, Preparing the Garden for Winter. So, um, as we talked about in episode 20, um, the rhythm of the seasons, there is a rhythm to the way homestead life goes. And in the fall, you begin to do winter preparations so that you can snuggle down and take a break and everything slows down before we start cranking again in in the spring. And so in order to do that, we need to do some preparations. We can't just stop and go inside and sit by the fire. Uh, There's some things that need to happen first. So why would we do preparations in the winter? Remember, we start every episode with asking why. Why are we doing this? Why are we thinking about this? Why do we want to consider something? Um, I really want y'all to get in the habit of asking yourself why. So why would we prepare in the winter for the spring? Number one, we can address some pests um, in a way that we couldn't do in the spring. If you are able to till up the soil and kill off things that will freeze over the winter then that helps to get rid of some of the things that were bothering your garden this year Uh, you're able to amend the soil and give it some time to work and gain the benefits of that amendment rather than putting it in right before you plant your garden and maybe your soil doesn't adjust from that amendment right away and doing it in the winter can give your garden some time to to gain more benefit from that and the biggest motivator of all it gives us less work to do in the spring if you leave your garden a mess all winter not only are you not going to be excited about going up there and starting with a mess 
you're going to be behind the eight ball because you're going to have a lot more work to do. So if we do these things in the winter, then we are going to be set up and excited about beginning in the spring because we know that we've set ourselves up for success. We have done everything we can do to give us the best start in the spring. Okay, so what is it that we need to do to get ready for winter? I have 10 suggestions for you. So let's go through those one by one. Number one, pull the plants. Anything that you have growing in the garden that is not going to be there growing for the duration of the winter needs to be pulled out. Now you can either take plants that are healthy and put them in your compost pile, bury them in your garden soil, something like that. Or if you've had disease or pests on those plants and you don't want to continue dealing with them in your compost or in your garden, then you can take diseased and pest-laden things to the burn pile or to the trash. If you don't live in a place where you're able to burn um, yard debris and things like that, then you may just need to bag it up and put it out with your yard waste like you would leaves or something of that nature. And the reason we do that is because those diseases or those pests will rejuvenate themselves in your compost. So you don't want to add that back in. But if it's a healthy plant, you need to put it right into the compost or bury it in the garden and it will begin to break down and decompose over the winter and add things back to your soil. So number one, pull the plants. Number two, we want to address the weeds. It is so much easier to address these weeds now, pull them out, and not give them a chance over the winter to germinate new seeds to come up in the spring. And then you're dealing with all of the little weeds that have also sprouted and germinated from the seed of the weeds that you left over the winter. So what you need to do is yank them out. Wherever you've had an issue with weeds, go around and make sure that you have pulled everything you can. This is going to be a big job for me this year because we have Bermuda grass. And as you know, I've, I've said before, we are doing an in-ground garden here on our homestead because it is former cow pasture and the soil is just magnificent. There's no point in us going through the time and expense and energy of building raised beds when we have wonderful soil. The problem with that is that we also have Bermuda grass and so it's growing right over top of my mulch into my garden and so I will be sure to cut back every bit of that I can possibly find and any other small weeds that are in there and then I'm going to dig a trench around to make a separation barrier and maybe put down some stone or some brick or some type of border barrier that would hopefully prevent it from crawling back in in the spring. So address your weeds, pull the plants. We also can amend the soil at this time of year. Uh, a lot of people will tell you when it's time to start with the spring garden, they're going to assume that you haven't done this step and they're going to tell you first thing you need to do is get a soil test and you need to test, you need to amend your soil. I still recommend a soil test in the spring because you're going to want to make sure that the amendments that you made in the fall were the correct ones and that they've done their job. 
So um, this is the time that you can do a light tilling of the garden and that's going to kill bug larva like Japanese beetles. If you've had a lot of Japanese beetles in your garden and you till the soil lightly before cold freezes come, then when you have those hard freezes, they will kill the larva and those those bugs will not be able to reproduce and create a problem for you in your garden next year. So um, you want to do that. It also helps by doing that tilling. It, it helps with drainage so that all the water is not just running over a, a hard packed down garden that's been walked on all season. It's, it's light and fluffy and tilled up and so it's going to hold water better and not let it all just wash away. Um, you can also add compost or phosphate or mulch or anything that you feel like your garden needs at this time. Then what you're going to want to do is cover it until it's early spring. You're going to do that for two reasons. Number one, so it holds in the moisture and the heat better and helps the things that are in it to begin to decompose and to, and to work through the soil over the winter. And the second part is, as we said before, it's, it's going to wash away if we don't have a cover over it. So we want to make sure that we um, are covering it so that it doesn't wash off, especially after we've we've tilled it and we've put the new stuff in there. We don't want it to just run off the top and and go away before it's ever had a chance to really give the soil any kind of benefit. And this is particularly true if you have raised beds. So if you're one of our urban homestead listeners and you have raised bed gardens, you particularly need to make sure that after you amend the soil, you cover it so that you don't lose any of those amendments to water runoff from rains and other weather. So pull the plants, number one. Address weeds, number two. Amend the soil, number three. And number four is to bring the outside in. There are going to be certain plants in your yard and in your garden that will not survive the winter and if you leave them outside you're going to have to replace them in the spring uh, there there are numerous things that can be left out and will thrive or do just fine or just go dormant and then come back in the spring but there are a few things that you do need to make sure that you're aware of if you have any kind of dwarf fruit trees especially particularly citrus trees or an avocado plant, those kinds of things. That would need to be brought inside where it's nice and warm and it has everything it needs to continue to thrive over the winter season. Another thing that you can bring in is geraniums and mums. These are things that don't necessarily need warm, but they need to not be in a frost in a hard freeze and so the best thing to do for these is to prune them really well give them a good water and then you can put them in the crawl space under your house you can put them in the garage anywhere like that where it will go dormant for a little while and then in the spring when it starts to warm up you bring them back out put them on your front porch let them start to get warm again and they will 
wake back up and begin to produce again. Um, another thing that you might want to be considering bringing in if you want it to continue through the winter is basil. Uh, there are a lot of plants that, um, as far as herbs go, that are very hardy perennials like rosemary, sage, and thyme. Um, but basil is not one of those. Basil is going to be very sensitive to the cold. And so if you would like to continue the basil that you've grown from that spring and summer, you need to dig it out of the ground, put it in a pot, and bring it inside. And then you can tend to it over the winter in your kitchen and still have fresh basil the rest of the year. And then you can plant it again in the spring. So, number five, prune perennials and do a final deep watering. So things like roses and bushes and trees are going to need to be pruned back. Um, it's also a good time to plant these types of things. So rose bushes, you're going to want to cut it back real far and then give it a really heavy watering. Um, lots of bushes and um, small plants like rosemary, thyme, and sage cut it back harvest all you can give it some good mulch and some water and and it'll be fine until spring with berries blackberries you're going to want to cut back all of the unproductive or the cross canes so that they don't get out of control um, you're also going to want to for your fall raspberries you would go ahead and prune those. But if they're spring and summer raspberries, you don't need to prune those. Um, the blueberries are best to wait until the spring to prune those. But this is also, like I said, a good time to plant these kinds of things. Maybe your tree needs fertilizer or needs to be pruned. This is the time of year to do those things. So take an assessment of anything that's a perennial in your yard. Do some pruning. Give it some really good water one last time. And then cover it with a little bit of mulch around it to help keep the roots warm. And let it go until the spring. So pull the plants. Address the weeds. Amend the soil. Bring the outside in. Prune perennials. And number six, plant bulbs for the spring. This last year was by far my favorite part of fall prep into winter was planting rows and rows of bulbs in my yard. And um, I did some double frail tulips this, uh, this past fall that were just beautiful this spring. I also did some crocuses that didn't really do very well. And so I learned from that. That I don't really care about having crocuses there. So I dug them out. And I will plant more tulips this year. Tulips and daffodils are the things that I love. And I will also pay more attention to early tulips and early daffodils versus late ones. And make sure that what I'm planting will either bloom in succession or all comes out at once. So I have a gigantic show and... Make sure that I know when to expect that show to happen. So, if you've already got bulbs in the ground for spring, 
this is the time of year to dig them up and take a look at them. You may have some that are old and diseased that need to be tossed. You may have some that are really big that you can divide and then plant separately to begin to spread um, the bulbs throughout your space. Um, but this is the time that if you're going to plant tulips and crocuses and allium and um, daffodils and things like that. This is when you would plant those so that they're in the ground over the winter and they're one of the first things to come up in the spring, particularly the early spring varieties. So planting bulbs for spring is our number six. Number seven is put compost on the garden from the summer. Now, I know we already said in number three to amend your soil. And I know we said that one of the things we could amend it with is the compost. But I wanted to give compost its own number because compost has a certain lifestyle rhythm to it, life cycle rhythm, um, that if we can tap into that, it's really, really useful. So anything, you know, usually we, we take the compost in the spring and we put it on the garden and we start and we just keep throwing stuff on our compost pile all through the spring and summer as we're gardening. And truly because of the heat and the rain that we get by the end of summer and into early mid fall, that stuff has done quite a bit of decomposing and has made some pretty good mulch, some pretty good compost. Um, if you've done well with managing that and so scoop all that up and throw it right back into your garden and get that going and then where your spot was where you had the compost you can rake all of your leaves which is number eight and throw them into that pile and start that as your base and begin to um, compost again through the winter and the only big difference you're going to need to have in the winter is you're going to make sure that you cover it with a tarp or some, some heavy plastic or something like that. And that really allows the heat to stay in and retain better and also for it not to get too wet if you have snow and things like that. But it's still something that can easily be lifted and added to all throughout the winter season. And then come spring, you take that off and you've got a little batch of compost that's ready to go in the spring. So number seven, put compost on the garden from summer. And number eight, as I said, was rake the leaves. You're going to rake all the leaves and you're going to use them in your compost. And then you're going to mow one more time. Wait until your grass quits growing. Mow that one last time so you have a nice looking yard through the winter and um, make sure that you don't leave the leaves laying out in piles and things on the ground. It's not really great for your grass and um, it can do a lot of good either in your garden or in your compost. And if you want them to decompose even quicker, you can run your lawn, you know, rake them up in a pile, run your lawn more through it and chop them up real fine and then take that over to your compost pile or your garden number nine we need to take care of our tools and equipment the things that we use in our garden all year long we know that we should keep them clean we know that we should take good care of them but in the rush of 
harvesting and planting and digging and tilling and doing all the things, it's really hard to take time to stop and maintain your tools. And so at the end of this season, before we put them away for the winter, we want to make sure that we clean and maintain our tools and equipment. So the lawnmower blade, you want to check the spark plug. You want to check the lawnmower blade. Does it need to be sharpened? Is there any gas in it that needs to be drained? Those types of things. And then put it away out of the weather for, for the winter season. Um, you want to clean and oil your tools that you're using in the garden, your spade and your trowel and your, um, your little hand rake and weeders and things like that. Um, go ahead and use a little bit of steel wool to scrub off any rust that's there. Make sure they're nice and clean and then you can rub them down with mineral oil or vegetable oil and that will help seal in um, the metal so that it doesn't rust over the winter. And then again, put them away out of the weather. We, went, we want to drain and roll up any water hoses that we have out. We don't want to leave them out where we might have a freeze and they might burst or crack or things like that. Um, we also don't want to leave them out in the cold weather and have the outside of them crack or decompose from the freezing temperatures and the fluctuations of the temperature back and forth. Anything that we've had in a container garden, we want to empty those and clean them and store them somewhere out of the weather. We don't want to leave containers half full of dirt sitting around outside. It's going to cause your containers to break down more quickly. And those dirt, that dirt that's in there is, is great to add to your compost to help get it kick-started. Um, and then you have exact a knowledge of exactly how much you still have as far as containers to use in the spring when it's time to replant you're not having to go around and empty things out and clean them and put new dirt in them before you can plant you can just take the clean containers out of your garage or out of your storage shed or crawl space and you can immediately go to work with them so empty your containers Pull up any stakes that you have that have um, held up plants. I know I have quite a few bamboo stakes out in my yard holding up blackberry canes or tomato plants or things like that. That those will need to come out of the garden and not stay. If I put them up out of the weather, there's a good chance I'll still be able to use them next year as well. And then make sure you store your tomato cages. Get all the little pieces and tendrils and things off of them. Make sure they're nice and, and cleared off. And then you can usually stack them one on top of each other. Um, and then store them somewhere out of the way. Again, in a garage or crawl space or storage building. So, care for your tools and for your equipment. And the last thing we want to do is one of the most important things. And that is to be sure to take time to review the season. Think about the things that really thrived. What did you get just a bumper crop of? I was shocked how many pickling cucumbers we got. And so I want to be able to repeat that result. So I'm going to definitely plant my cucumbers on a trellis because they did magnificent that way. 
So I'm definitely going to do that. Um, but I'm not going to plant green beans next year. Because for my family, in order to grow green beans and grow enough that we're really going to eat them, I would really need to plant green beans in my whole garden for it to be worth my while. Going and picking four or five green beans at a time was not that fun for me. And honestly, I preferred the purple hull peas to the green beans. And so I do believe, and they did better. So I do believe that because that was what was so prolific, we will do the purple hull peas instead of the green beans. And I'm doing another round right now of the sugar snap peas and the snow peas just to see how they do this time. But it may be something that I only do one of the variety instead of two or three of next year. Definitely something I learned in trying multiple varieties of several different kinds of things. I only got a little bit of each thing. And so next year I want to concentrate on one variety of each type of plant to have a larger harvest of that type instead of a bunch of little pieces of various types. Um, think through what changes you want to make. Was there something that you wished all season you had grown and didn't? I never got around to planting any zucchini. And I wish I had. I, I love zucchini. I love having lots and lots of zucchini. And I just missed out on that boat this year. And so that will be something that I definitely want to make room for in my garden next year. I also want to make sure that I plant, school, plant my pumpkins early in the season. I've had terrible luck with pumpkins this year. And last year I planted them too late to get much of a crop from them. So next year I want to be sure that I plant them way early so that I can get a better crop. Are there any new things you want to try? Maybe you've seen me post about the loofah gourds that we're growing on the side of the house. And maybe that fascinates you and you would like to grow loofah gourds. Put it on your list so that you remember in the spring. What was that thing that the funky farm girl was growing? And it looked kind of weird. And she used it like a sponge. You'll remember if you write it down now. And also, do a little rough sketch of your garden while it's fresh in your mind. Even if all you do is say, I had green beans over here and tomatoes over here and squash in the middle. That way you'll remember the area that certain types of plants were in and it'll help you to be able to rotate what's in what spot through the years so that you're not planting tomatoes in the same spot of the garden every single every single year. It's really important to rotate crops so that you're not depleting the soil of a particular mineral in that spot of the garden or a nutrient that's needed because you keep planting the same thing there. If you plant something there in the in the spring one year, the next year plant something different there so that it has time to recover from the things that the first plant took from the soil. So, I hope you have enjoyed all the different ways that we can be preparing for winter as we're getting ready to cozy up by the fire and enjoy the fruits of our labor and all the things that we have canned and all the things that we have picked and put in the cold cellar. I hope you're ready to enjoy winter. 
But before we get there, we have a little work to do. So let's do those 10 things together. Now, before I let you go, I want to introduce you to a review challenge that I have decided to do with the Funky Farm Girl. I am in need of 500 reviews on iTunes for the Funky Farm Girl. iTunes is the best place to increase my listener base. It's the one that is um, most easily able to be tracked and is by far the most popular of all the podcast platforms. And so I am making a concentrated effort to increase the number of reviews on my iTunes account so that the Funky Farm Girl is put in front of more and more potential listeners. So I need your help to do that. I would love it if you could consider going to the Funky Farm Girl on iTunes and giving me five stars and a great review. And if you don't know how to leave a review, let me give you a quick tutorial. First of all, you're going to open up the Apple's podcast app. You're going to tap search in the lower right hand corner and you're going to type in the Funky Farm Girl. And when my page comes up, you're going to tap re the reviews tab and then down at the bottom tap where it says write a review. Give it however many stars up to five and then let me know what you think of the podcast. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to get feedback from you guys about the things you love and the things you want to see more or less of. And I'd also just really love it if you could do me a wonderful favor and help me get to 500 reviews. It really will change the number of people that I am visible to on iTunes. So thank you very much for that. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. See you next week when we're going to talk about being on vacation. Have a great day, Thanks for stopping by, y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted. Ha ha ha!